The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, you do a fair amount of consulting and advisory work to people talking about and thinking about and saving for retirement. You know, um, I would say the the bulk of our business, that's, you know, the, the end goal or what people want to do, right? Yeah. It's um, what they say they want. They say they want. Okay. And they, they want to, to be in a position where they don't have to go to work anymore. Mm-hmm. And they can enjoy the, the fruits of their labor uh, that they've had over the years mm-hmm. and, and do the things that they want to. Okay. So uh, I, I would say as a percentage, you know, that probably makes up about 50% of what we do. Okay, so um, people say they want to retire. What, what percentage of, you know, just in your experience, dealing with employees of 401k mm-hmm. plans that you help, ma- help manage and individual um, clients that you spend time with, mm-hmm. what percentage of them do you think really are going to retire and plan for retirement. I'm going to do it at 62. I'm going to do it at 70. Uh, but I'm going home one day. Um, Is it the majority of American workers? So ask that question again, because there were two components to that question. Yeah. So, so you know, you talk to people about retirement or they talk to you about mm-hmm. retirement, but how many of them really do it? Yeah. So uh, how many of them actually retire? Yeah. And how many of them actually set a date for retirement? Yeah. That's the yeah, way I heard that yeah, question. Absolutely. Um, I, I, generally speaking, I, I think that maybe 85% plan mm-hmm. to retire. Okay. Um, and of those 85%, you've probably got, um, um, uh, maybe somewhere in the 60% range of those 85% that have a specific date in mind. All right. So like I, they know that it's going to be age 62 or 65 or 66 or 67 or, so I think you're pretty close mm-hmm. there. And so let's go back and go to sixth grade math. Okay. If 80% of the whole mm-hmm. says they want to retire yeah. and about 60% of the 80%, mm-hmm. so 60% times 80% gives us about 48 to 50% Correct. of the total mm-hmm. actually set a date. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So why, if, if it's such a big deal to the other 30%, if 50% of them will set a date, but the uh, others say they want to do it, why don't, why don't we all set a date? Why, why can't we all say 62 or 65? Or you know, yours doesn't have to be the same as mine, but, but why doesn't everybody have a date? Well, um, let me start by saying, why, do, why does that 50% of that demographic mm-hmm. choose those dates? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're almost kind of forced into those. Uh, uh, to a degree, they're predetermined for you. Okay. Age 62, I can get my Social Security early. 
So you start thinking yeah. about it at you, least. You know, age 65, mm-hmm. I can get uh, Medicare mm-hmm. right. set up for myself. Right. And that's a big determining factor of, of when you can retire, right? Mm-hmm. Having health care, right? Right. right. Um, age 66 and a half, 67, whatever your re- full retirement age is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's when you know that, well, you know, I can go ahead and fully retire and I don't need to be worried about uh, over the compensation limits for social security and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say age 70, because that's when I get my max social security and I'm going to live forever and I'm going to squeeze every dime I can out of that system. And, and as you said, that's kind of not forced upon mm-hmm. you, but it's, 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 it, it's a hurdle mm-hmm. or at least a road sign that you're around the retirement age right. consideration mm-hmm. that, that you need to address. But some of it's also helped. How am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And what's required of me physically of my job? Right. Uh, you know, I may think I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof, but I wake up and be 66 years old and my back hurts. And and you're out there on the factory floor every mm-hmm. single day, you know, wearing those uh, mm-hmm. steel-toed shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. can wear on you. Yeah, absolutely. Especially over a lifetime of work. Yeah, it, it can. The, the reason I, I bring this up is because retirement and the way to address retirement, mm-hmm. I think, starts with our knowledge of how retirement works and the ages at which mm-hmm. we need to begin to be prepared for it. Now, the other 20% of the people that you didn't include in your number mm-hmm. are people that may not intend to retire. Right. You know people like that? I, I feel like I'm going to fall in that category. I think I do, too. Now, I may work three days a week and, you know, take off two weeks from time to time here and there right. when I get to be 75, but I like what I do. I don't feel like I work. You know, what's the old adage? It, and even even if you don't like what you do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not ready to go do do retirement. Maybe you're ready to go do something else. Mm. And that's what we find a lot of times. Mm. You know, somebody may be uh, in a career or a path or, or whatever, and they get to a point in their career where they say, you know what, I really don't like this. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather go do something else with my time that right. fulfills me and, and, you know, gives me enjoyment. Right. And, right. you know, barking orders at, at my wife at home is not going to cut it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, and quite actually, we have learned that the psychology and the practicality of certain life issues allow yourself to change horses Mm -hmm. in the middle of the stream Uh, because your happiness and your psychological Mm -hmm. well-being is worth a lot. That's right. Um, And actually, I had to give my my daughter this permission um, a year or two ago. I mean, she thought when she was... 15, 16, 17 years old, she wanted to be a veterinarian. Right. She got accepted to vet school, and she did it for a year mm-hmm. or two. And she's like, Dad, I still love animals, and I like the science of it, and I may want to do genetics, but you know, nothing against vets, but mm-hmm. this is not for me. Sure. And I said, get used to this. Mm-hmm. Get comfortable with changing your mind. Get right. comfortable with the circumstances of life giving you a mm-hmm. different road to go down. Yeah. Uh, and developing you in a different way. And there are a number of people that nobody's ever given them that permission. Mm-hmm. And they wake up and they're 50 years old and they've spent the last 30 years doing something they hate because right. they feel like they would be a failure if they 
changed. Mm-hmm. You're not a failure if you change, are you? No. Um, so as we look at retirement and we look at our, our workaday life, as you said, there are some things that come from the government that we have to work with. Mm-hmm. And some of these things are the amounts that we can actually legally put in retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That's changing too. It is. The IRS uh, announced this week that they're in 2022, they're going to give us some different numbers to work Mm -hmm. with. So what we're going to do after we come out of this break, we're going to come back and talk about what the numbers are presently, how much can you put in your 401k, and what they're going to, and what that will look like in your paycheck from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, right here with you on Supertalk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot to all of our valued sponsors. You make it uh, possible that the Advisors Roundtable is heard throughout the state of Mississippi, and uh, we say thank you. So, Bubba, we're talking about uh, people thinking about retirement and wanting to plan for retirement. There are two or three things that go into that. Number one is what we talked about in the first uh, segment is dreaming about it and and planning uh, for it and uh, maybe picking a time. Mm -hmm. But part of whether you can pick 62 or 55 or 70 is whether you got enough funds to be able to, to, to fund your retirement. It's the planning and implementation up to those years. Yeah. You know, between, you know, let's say you're 35 years old and you think, man, I really, only doing this 25 more years sounds good to me. I, I want to retire by 60. There's something more to it than just, making that statement right you got to put some action behind your plan and behind your dream Mm -hmm. and the action is you probably need to be saving for it right because at 60 that was the Mm -hmm. proverbial plan here we just came up with right you're 35 you want to work 25 more years that adds up to 60 Mm -hmm. at 60 um no social security available yet unless you're disabled yeah right so how are you going to be able to retire at 60? Practically, if somebody comes in and says, Bub, I'm 35 years old and I want to retire at 60, what are you going to say to them? Well, uh, what lifestyle do you want to lead at, at age 60? Uh, probably still want to go to a ball game here and yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Probably want to fish a little. Probably yeah. want to uh, go on a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe want to go see the grandkids. Yeah. So you take, uh, you know, if it's a consistent lifestyle with the amount of money that they're earning, mm-hmm. uh, you, a general rule is that you take between 70 and 90% of pre-retirement income mm-hmm. and use that as a guide. Okay. You inflate that money over the next 30 years to figure out how much you're going to need at that point. So if you're 35 now, yeah. we can kind of assume you're probably going to increase your income by th- at least 3% every year between now and then over the next 25 years. Generally, yeah. So by the time you get to be 60, mm-hmm. and you let's say you're making $50,000 right. a year mm-hmm. right now. Well, by the time you're 60 in 25 years, you're going to be making 80 to 100. Correct. Right? Which tells me that you need uh, retirement income of between 80 and $90,000. So where do you get eighty to ninety thousand dollars worth of worth of income, right? In twenty five years. In twenty five. And years. I'm standing here as a thirty five year old yeah. in our example. Mm-hmm. 
well, you're going to need a couple million dollars saved up. Is that right? So how do you get to $2 million over a 25-year period? Mm. Well, you just break it up monthly. How much do I need to put in there? And what assumed rate of return? Mm -hmm. Assumed being the big question Mm -hmm. there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we we can't use and judge the last two years that we've had in the stock market. (laughs) Wish we could. I wish we could. Yeah, to make make it a whole lot easier. Because they've been nice. Yeah. But we're going to get back to the mean, Mm -hmm. which means we're going to get back to normal one of these days which means that the, the market will go up two or three mm-hmm. out of every four years, and it's going to go down one or two out of every ten, yeah. and we're going to average somewhere between 8 and 12% mm-hmm. as opposed to getting 18 and 30%. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's do the math and uh, you know with somebody and say, uh, if you think you're going to get an uh, average of, six to eight percent return on your money and you need to be sitting at two million dollars the day you turn 60 years old Mm -hmm. then you may need to save 25 30 35 thousand dollars a year easily yeah and you make 50 Mm -hmm. Uh uh-oh that may delay your retirement a little bit either that or you're saying to your spouse hey darling you know uh uh some of that money we use out of your paycheck mm-hmm. to play right right now, uh, we need to talk about putting it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, the first logical place to put it is in a place where it comes out automatically mm-hmm. and I don't get my hand on it. That's right. Which would be your company retirement plan. Company retirement plan is is usually the easiest and most logical place to begin that kind of saving. All right. And um, this year, what's the most you could put into a retirement plan? If you're 35 years old and you say, I'm buying into here, Bubba. I want that $2 million by the time I turn 64. You can put in $19,500. If you're under under age 50. Yeah. So in this example, you're 35. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So I teased people going into the break saying that the IRS had increased that starting next mm-hmm. year in 2022. In 2022, you can put 20500 So basically another $1,000 right. mm-hmm. that you can actually put in. That. Now, what are these contribution limits? What are they related to? Is that the legal amount I can put away out of my pay that I don't pay tax on? They, they use a percentage of a maximum earnings cap. Okay. And I think that maximum earning cap goes from like 290000 to $305,000. Okay. Dollars. All right. And, and these are just numbers that some actuarial yeah. mm-hmm. came up with and, yeah. and somebody in Congress said, okay, we can allow people to get that kind of deduction. Uh, but you know, the, they give you the incentive, the the tax incentive so that you can save for your retirement, mm-hmm. right? Because they know as well as we know that the percentage of Americans out there who are relying 100% on Social Security. So they're trying to encourage people, uh-huh. right, to participate in these types of plans Okay. so that you can supplement your own retirement. Uh-huh. Now, is that... Uh logic about as old as time it is encouraging people with some kind of financial incentive yeah I, you know i i think uh it goes back to to you know biblical times when you used to store up grains in the mm-hmm. warehouse right mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
and from wages earned yeah. by employees as opposed to you know mm-hmm. people who were enslaved we right. we've we've developed but we also are trying to mm-hmm. encourage you with remuneration mm-hmm. you know hey you know come over to my house and, and and help me cut that tree right you're probably going to be more incentivized to come mm-hmm. help me cut that tree if i'll say and I'll give you a hundred bucks, yeah. As opposed to you think that I'm just taking advantage mm-hmm. of your friendship, right? And so it is as old as time. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to Cain and Abel. There was a little issue there about mm-hmm. uh, you know who was bringing the best sacrifice. Sure. And uh, you know it was uh, what it was perceived to be worth. So because of that. We try to incentivize people to do the right thing. And the right thing would be to try to save as much as you Mm -hmm. possibly can so that other people are not responsible for you and so that you can continue to be, uh, if you really look at it practically, you can continue to be a taxpayer. Mm -hmm. You can continue to buy things. You can help us keep the economy going. You can pay some sales tax. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for us to try to encourage you to have more wealth and to take care of yourself. So in this example, somebody's 35 years old, they're looking to put money away, and they're looking to have this goal reached by the time they're 60. In our example, Mm -hmm. first of all, you ever had to go back to them and say, hey, we did this math for you 10 years Mm -hmm. ago. Now you're 45. And you ain't doing so good. Mm-hmm. You ever had to say that? Yeah. Yeah, you have. And it can be from a multitude of factors. Mm-hmm. It could be that they're not putting enough money in and saving. Mm-hmm. It could be that their uh, their investment returns haven't been uh, quite what they modeled or projected. Oh. Uh, it could be that they're, they're um, and, and I'm going to say this delicately, mm-hmm. their lifestyle has encroached. <laughs> Their, their earnings potential, uh, right? So uh, what do I mean by that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe you get a raise yeah. and you say, hey, you know what? I, I deserve uh, a nicer car. Mm-hmm. Or you get that raise or you're making a little bit more money. Hey, I think we want to live in a nicer house. Mm-hmm. So even though you're earning more money, you're spending more money mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, uh, you think, you know, Bubba told me I need to be saving seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. every month, but you know, we're going on vacation. We'll skip a month or two. Yeah, is that kind of like missing church? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it kind of like missing your uh, exercise thing? You know, you signed up at the gym in January because you set a New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. and you know, you were going to go every day. Yeah. And suddenly you feel like you need to rest on Wednesdays and Sundays. And then Sunday, boy, that felt good. So Monday you don't go anymore. Mm-hmm. And here's Tuesday. It's in between uh, Monday and Wednesday, which are both rest days. And so you get really sore if you only go one. Yeah. So you skip. And the next thing, what happens? Well, and, and then you get to a point where you're going like once every three weeks. <laughs> And then you, and you blow out a hamstring when you go in and say, oh, you know, I can't go in. I got injured. That's bad for you, yeah, man. bad for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I, that happens to us financially, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend of mine. He turned 80 uh, two or three weeks ago, and he's one of these guys, you know, 
Uh, he's been a runner, not a jogger, all of his mm-hmm. adult life, basically. And so he's one of those guys that's run multiple uh, Boston marathons mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff all over the world. And he's actually run the original one that Philippides did mm-hmm. uh, to the town of Marathon or whatever over in Greece. But uh, he has this motto, and it's every day, no excuses. Mm-hmm. And if we want to get to certain goals that we have for ourselves, it's every day, no excuses. Well, the government, believe it or not, is trying to cooperate with you there by giving you these kinds of accounts you can put money in. Mm -hmm. These 401ks and 403bs and IRAs and stuff. And so we're going to continue to discuss what changes are coming in 2022 for those kinds of accounts here from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about uh, retirement, retirement plans, the maximum amount that can be contributed. Uh, we made the, the tease that uh, in 2022, they have increased those amounts for people. Uh, let me just talk you through it. This is a bulletin that I'm reading from the IRS that uh, says that uh, individuals can ta- do tax-deferred contributions in their 401k now of 20500 as opposed to 19500 in 2021, going up $1,000. It says that workers uh, 50 years and uh, older can put an extra 6500 mm-hmm. in? I call that the ketchup and mustard. Now, why somebody who's 50 can put more in than our 35-year-old here that we've been working with on this show in this example? Again, I would say it's an incentive. You know, okay. people realize, or, and the government realizes, that, that many individuals are not saving enough for retirement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you like it or not, maybe you get to age 50 or 55 and, and hopefully you've got children mm-hmm. out of the house. Mm-hmm. You've maybe got a little bit of extra income at that point and you can afford to put more money into a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. So they give you the opportunity to do so. Yeah. And that, so now in 2022, you're mm-hmm. going to be able to, able to put up to $27,000 yeah. per person. If you're above age 50. If you're over 50. Mm -hmm. So if husband and wife both are over age 50 and each one of them could possibly put away $27,000 in their 401k Mm -hmm. now, uh, that'd be Mm $54,000 that they could put away. Now, that all sounds... But why is it an arbitrary number like 50, Uh, right? And why does that apply to somebody that's over 50? uh, If I'm under 50 and mm -hmm. I feel like I need to be saving more for my retirement, shouldn't I be allowed to do the same? Yeah. I mean, like you are. You're married to a drug dealer. You can afford to put away a lot of money. Yeah. Well, she can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's like getting discounts for seniors on uh, coffee, you know? (laughs) Why do they get the discount? (laughs) And they'd come back. They well, I paid my dues, Sonny boy. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, it's yeah. an argument for and against yeah, right. each point of view, right? Mm-hmm. This plot applies to four hundred one k's. It applies to people or who are in nonprofits who mm-hmm. do four hundred three b's and four fifty sevens and and thrift savings plans and all that sort of stuff. Right. So they have increased that amount. Now a lot of people listening to us and going. You can put up to $27,000 in your 401k. Mm-hmm. First of all, I didn't know it. Secondly, I only make 50. Yeah. Ooh. I can't afford that. Yeah. How am I supposed to live? Yeah, that doesn't apply mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how many people who actually do take advantage of that. Yeah. Who max out. Mm-hmm. 
only about eight percent. Yeah, and we were talking about this right right before the uh, the show started this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess was that three percent of the individuals out there would would fully participate or max out their four hundred one k. Yeah. Uh, but then we got to talking about the numbers, and we were talking about you know the ultra wealthy, the point one percent and above, mm-hmm. and then uh, what we I guess we would refer to as like the mass affluent, the top ten percent of, of wage earners out there. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that, you know from the top ten of, of uh, percent of wage earners, mm-hmm. and then equate that to who's actually participating in their four hundred one k to the maximum amount around eight percent you you said that kind of makes sense from a numbers basis it it does um and obviously we want everybody to make more money Mm -hmm. Uh, we want everybody to experience a good life want everybody to be able to get out of debt we want everybody to have some savings we want everybody to participate in their 401k all of those kinds of things but sometimes you hear these big numbers Mm -hmm. and you're not in the top 10%. Sometimes you uh, you just turn it off. Right. You quit listening. So to those people who aren't in the top 10% and aren't part of this 8% that max out, mm-hmm. what I want to say is get started. Yeah. You know, put a little in. How many people have you had who came into your office and they're in their middle 60s and they're ready to retire, whether by health or the number that the IRS or the Social Security gives them or their employers encourage them or their spouse or whatever reason. They come in, they want to retire, and they've got a half million dollars in their 401k. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, I started out at $25 a pay period. Yeah. How how often have you heard that? I I hear it all, all the time, a couple of times a week. Now, to somebody who's 30 or 35 years old, that doesn't sound like it's doable. No, it doesn't. So how is it doable? Uh, so here's, here's what I recommend to folks, um, and, and this is when I really like to see them. They've just graduated high school. They've just graduated college, and they're getting their first job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're going to make whatever they're going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to tell them immediately, start saving 10% in your 401k. Mm. Mm. They haven't been making any money anyway. Well, that's a great point. If they start out saving 10%, then they don't know any better, and they'll work their budget around 90% of the income that they're going to have coming in. Because yesterday, they didn't have anything to work their Mm -hmm. budget around. Right. So uh, let's just talk about that. Let's say that you're a 23-year-old. You just mm-hmm. graduated college. You just got out of the military. Yeah. You're trying to get your first job. Mm-hmm. And yesterday you didn't have one. But today there's a pop-up from Indeed, and right. somebody offers you a job making $50,000 a year. Right. You're saying 10% of that is 5000 You yeah. say for them to do their budget based on 45000 That's correct. Just right off the mm-hmm. bat. Because today they're... Budget ain't based on anything. That's right. Right? That's right. Okay. That's a good idea. I, well, uh, so you got to take that one step further, right? Uh-oh. How do you get to the point where you're uh, you're saving that maximum amount in your 401k on an annual basis? So you the start off with 19500 or the right. 20500 mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You start off with $5,000. Okay. Well, that's when you first start working, right? Yeah, we I mean, anticipate and think that you're going to do a good job and you're going to make more money. Oh, uh, they're going to give get, me a raise. Get raises, yeah. okay. And each time you get a raise, 
take half of that raise and increase it to your percentage of what you're deferring. All right, so let's do the math. We did $50,000 times 10%. Mm -hmm. We're putting 5,000 in the first yeah. year. Mm -hmm. The next year, we're going to go from 50,000, and let's say that we get a 5% raise. Right. All right, so 5%, that's another $2,500. Mm -hmm. Now we're making 50250 mm -hmm. right? Yep. All right. Or, or $52,500, okay. No, yeah, 50, yeah. Yeah, 52500 All right, and so you're saying now go from putting 5000 in to putting in half of that Yeah. That $2,500. Uh, $2, so put in yeah. another 1200 Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you're putting in a grand total of 6200 Okay. And on a percentage level, you've, uh, you've taken half of that raise that you're going to get for the year. Yeah. Uh, and increased your 401k, okay. right? right? By and, and you know, let's say that it's uh, what do we say, a five percent raise? Yeah, yeah. You, you got a five percent raise, but you put taking two and a half percent of that and putting it into your 401k. Okay. But what did that do to your overall contribution amount? Yeah. Well, you just increased your contribution amount by about twenty percent per year. Yeah. You went from five thousand to yeah over six. Yeah, Sixty two hundred. Yeah. 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 All right. And, you know, some people listening to us, but yeah, I, I got a raise. I want to take some more money home. Mm -hmm. Well, in this, in this plan that you're coming up with, they get to take some home. Yeah. Like 12000 or, or $1,250, half of 2500 mm -hmm. uh, That's about $100 a week or a month. A month, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, about $25, $30 a week extra. Yeah. That's good. It's an extra pizza. Mm-hmm. That's a little extra on the car payment. Get right. get that debt taken care of. You can do this. Now, next year, you're going to suggest they do the same thing? Absolutely. And you keep doing it until you get that thing to where it's maxed out. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it, it may take 20 years, 25 years to get you to the point where you're maxing your 401k out. I'd say. Yeah. But? But it, it does two things for you. Uh -huh. um, it's It's a disciplined way to increase your 401k savings. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if it's a, an automatic mm -hmm. savings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I think it, it and I get, get back to that word discipline and control, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can control yourself to live on 95% of what you're making or 94% or 93% of what you're making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to be much more careful on the spending side uh -huh. of that 93%. Ah, like there's gotcha. a bigger psychology yeah. going on here, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, whether you came to see us or not, and whether we put together a budget or not, you're kind of living on one. That's right. Now, in this part of the world, you make fifty thousand dollars. You put away five thousand of it. You got forty-five thousand minus some taxes. Mm -hmm. You're still making three thousand dollars a month, right? That is spendable. Mm -hmm. That you can do rent and utilities and make a car payment and um, maybe go out to eat every now and then. It's not like we're asking you to live on ramen noodles. Right. Hmm? Correct. Now, what's the whole goal here? Well, that, it, as you said, the goal is for this individual to retire mm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be able to unless they've got enough cordwood stacked up that they can burn during the winter of their life. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, a very good point, a very good analogy there, and I think it's a good mental image for us to get in our head. There are a couple other things that the IRS has, has done related to 2022, which is just around the corner, that I want to remind us of uh, in the next segment here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Hang in there as we talk about increased possibilities for retirement savings from the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So we're talking about this retirement thing. And one of the reasons that uh, we're talking about at this point on the show is that uh, we recently received a bulletin from the IRS that they're increasing the possibility of putting money in retirement accounts. Now, if somebody comes in and talks to you about all of the places and ways they can save in a tax-advantaged way for Mm -hmm. retirement... We've spent a lot of time talking about their company-sponsored 401k or 403b or 457, yeah. thrift savings plan, whatever. Mm-hmm. What if they say they don't have one of those, Bubba? Well, you know, you've got other options okay. many times. You can put money into a, a self-directed IRA. Okay. All right. But that's the one. Mm-hmm. The deductible self-directed IRA is the one that they did not change the contribution limits on. Now, wait a minute. You're, you're going to tell me that the mm-hmm. IRS mm-hmm. has updated the contribution limits for Four. 401Ks, mm-hmm. 403Bs, 457 plants, Roth IRAs. They did. And they just forgot about regular IRAs? I don't know if they forgot it, if it slipped through the cracks, or if they have a legitimate reason, but it ain't on the list. All right? So if you're one of those I people, don't know what kind of foolishness and tomfoolery <laughs> that is, but... It's Washington, yeah. man. So it's the IRS. Now we've all got to keep up with a different number. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Your banker, your yeah. CPA, you, your financial advisor, your insurance agent, whoever you do your IRA with, now they've got to keep up with what you could put in mm-hmm. your 401k what you can put in this IRA that didn't change. And, oh, by the way, the amount you can put in a Roth did change. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go back to the point of it didn't change. Right now, it's $6,000 for those people who are under age 50, and it's staying that way for the time being for 2022. And it's 7000 for those people who are over the age of 50 mm-hmm. into a traditional, contributory, self-directed IRA. Right. Okay? That didn't change. That's the way it is now. That's the way it's going to be next year. Unless they change it. Unless they say, oh. Yeah, we ooh. forgot that one. Yeah, we forgot that yeah. one. Now, Roths, they did change that a little bit. Um, and one of the things related to IRA contributions is that, um, there are these phase outs for the amount of money you make. Mm -hmm. They make it too doggone, uh, complicated. Yeah. You know, you can't deduct an IRA unless you, you and your spouse make below a certain amount of money, Right. Yeah, you can't even do a, a Roth IRA unless you make it, it, it below a certain it, amount. Right, yeah. It, it is more complicated than it should be. I, they also, um, uh, I read this, I think, in, in a separate article. They have uh, done away with backdoor Roths. Yeah, yeah, which is basically putting money in an IRA that you says you're not, you were not going to 
um, deduct. deduct, but then converting that thing to a Roth. And which, that, that's for the individuals who make more than the, the amount that you're allowed to make to contribute to a Roth. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So if you're an individual now and you're thinking about putting money in a Roth IRA and you file taxes as a single person, um, you got to make under $129,000 to get the, the full um, uh, possibility mm-hmm. of putting the full amount in. Um, if you're a couple, you got to make over 204000 Now, I know most people driving down the highway are not going to remember these numbers, and you shouldn't. Right. This is the responsibility of your financial advisor and your CPA and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it, uh, I think leads to one of the reasons people don't participate. If you make something too complicated, yep. I don't care what it is. If you make starting a lawnmower too complicated, mm-hmm. less people are going to do it. Right. Huh? If you if you make eating dinner too complicated, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to do it in a different way. They ain't going to yep. use the knife and fork. Yeah. It's... Do you think it's almost like we're trying to stack the deck so only rich people get to take advantage of this stuff? Well, think of who uh, contributes to mm. campaigns. Mm. That, that might be the conspiracy theorist in me, right? <laughs> but then again, you, you look at it and you think to yourself, um, yeah. these individuals need to be saving somewhere. Mm-hmm. In some form or fashion, mm-hmm. why not make it easier for them? Right. Yeah. It seems to me like yeah. this, all of the, you know, they, they're going to come out and the headlines are going to say, the IRS increased the amount you can mm-hmm. put in retirement accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't do it for every one of them. Right. So that adds to the confusion. Yeah. And then they change these phase out. Mm-hmm. amounts and the total amount you can do uh, that you can make if you want to have mm-hmm. a deduction and they made it more complicated which means that the right. whole point of having more people do it because you increase mm-hmm. the the limits is probably not going to be met right because it's too freaking complicated well, and, and again, you know, I mentioned buying the cup of coffee when you're over age 65 and getting the discount on it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm a successful individual in, in whatever business. I could be in the lawn mowing business, right? Right. Uh, and have contracts all over the state and, and doing, you know, maybe I'm a plumber, but I'm, I'm over that limit because yeah. I've got a successful business, yeah. right? Right. Why should I be limited on how much I can save in a Roth IRA? Yeah. Why? Why? If, if, if the whole point is to try to encourage mm-hmm. you to save more, then why not yeah. let you put your whole paycheck in there if your wife will take care of yeah. you? Mm-hmm. I mean, why? Yeah. Do they really think, I mean, the numbers seem to bear it out. Only 8% of people are maxing out. Mm-hmm. What if it tripled? Yeah. Huh? And then you had 24% mm-hmm. of people doing it. That's still not... Too much. Exactly. So why make it so complicated? Why do this where you say you're trying to increase it and increase participation and allow people to put more in, but you make it more complicated? It's almost as if the people who are making the rules sometimes don't have any practical 
on the front line, on the main street life experience. It's almost like they're living in a in a castle somewhere, yeah. making decisions for those of us who are the commoners. Um, and don't think I haven't said this to elected officials. Yeah. Uh, come on, dude. If Bubba wants to put away a hundred grand a year, let him put away a hundred grand yeah. a year. Now you may cap the amount he can deduct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because you don't want to limit the amount of taxable uh, receipts that you're going to have in Washington or Jackson or uh, Baton Rouge or well, Montgomery or wherever you are. We get back to that ten percent that I was talking about earlier. Mm. You know, and the and the what I would. I would uh, very carefully, right, and I don't want to say this the wrong way, I want to mm. very carefully say uh, the disproportionate share of tax that that 10% pays. Yeah. And I'm not sticking up for them, right? right, right. Um, but disproportionately, I think that they pay more tax than the remaining yeah. 90% of the As a percentage of their income, right. the people who are in the top 10% mm-hmm. do. Now, the people who are in the top 1% don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those people are worth hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, and mm-hmm. so what? You go up 20% on their taxes. Right. It ain't going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. But you go up 20% on somebody, you know, let's say that he is a successful mm-hmm. plumber, and he happens to make one hundred dollars or $200,000 a year. Yeah. He works his butt off for that, mm-hmm. and he's trying to raise a family on that, and he's giving to his church, and he's he's contributing. Uh, he's probably He probably owns one or two pieces of real estate. He may pre- be yeah. providing a few jobs mm-hmm. for that. And then you go up 15 or 20% on him or her. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Right. Um, and so you make a really good point that, you know, maybe we want to step back here and not play class warfare and not play income warfare mm-hmm. and just say, hey, Americans. If you make under fifty thousand, we're not, or whatever the number is, we ain't gonna tax you at all. Mm-hmm. But over and above that, we're gonna incentivize you. Yeah, because we made that earlier point, didn't we? Mm-hmm. That a lot of times the incentives for acting right are monetary. Yeah. Well, we got a little off track there, but I think it was good for us to go down that road and that in that rabbit hole and take that tangent. Because you can hear the passion in our voice. Our voice is for you and for your well-being and your well-being of your financial life. Here from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.